Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. This is the For the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, with my man, Jason Spears. A big weekend for the Colts, not currently, but historically, with two iconic players, two legends of the Colts organization, getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. We had Edron James, Class of 2020, on Saturday night. We had Peyton Manning, Class of 2021, on Sunday night. And it was a great weekend. I thought Colt fans and former Colt players and Jimmers say they really helped paint can Ohio blue and white this weekend. I thought it was a shame we didn't get to play in the Hall of Fame game. Usually you don't want to play in the Hall of Fame game. Usually you don't want that extra preseason game. But this year, because there's only three instead of the usual four, and because we have Sam Ellinger and Jacob Eason, two guys who have never played a snap of NFL football in the regular or preseason, I thought it would be good to have a couple extra reps for those two guys as they have this little quarterback competition going into week one. I assume it's going to be Jacob Eason, but it would be nice to get Eason some extra snaps in a preseason game obviously not the case we'll still make do with the three preseason games we have but this was a Colt weekend in Canton Ohio Jim Mersey did a fantastic job so many former Colt players and teammates of Manning and Edges obviously Marvin with his gold jacket Dungy with his gold jacket Polian with his gold jacket three Hall of Famers supporting the two new inductees in Manning and Edge, but I saw Marlon Jackson, I saw Robert Mathis, I saw Dwight Freeney, I saw Terry Glenn, I saw Antoine Bethea, just so many guys coming back, Brandon Stokely, Dallas Clark, Jeff Saturday, the list goes on and on and on, coming back to support their former teammates and their brothers in Indianapolis, and that was a great era, and it's awesome to see how many guys have stayed friends through the years, and they get to have all these little reunions now as Guys get inducted into the Hall of Fame and they have all these great different ceremonies as guys pick up accolades for their incredible Hall of Fame career. So it was a great weekend. It was a fun weekend. It was a cult weekend in Canton, Ohio. No question. It was an amazing weekend. It was great to see all the players come together again. And and, uh, it's like one big family. And that's the thing about this game, this NFL game, is, is your friendships are the long lasting things, the things that last a lifetime um the memories may fade but the friendships remain uh it was great to see those guys you mentioned also a guy i i loved seeing there was tom moore who really built what they did offensively around peyton manning and around Ezra and james and around marvin harrison in that offensive line so it was an amazing weekend for colt fans i thought they absolutely showed out the way they supported peyton and edge a very loud crowd one of the more boisterous crowds I've heard in Canton. And it was, uh, you know, it was special, man. It made me think about how young I was. (laughs) I'm old now, but how young I was when Peyton came in the league in 98, you know, I was 21 years old. Then Edge came in the next year. And, you know, that was kind of part of my growing up. Mm -hmm. And uh, I kind of grew up with those guys as far as their NFL careers and then me just growing up as as an adult. And it was just such a, a wonderful thing, man, to to see the way the teams, you know, came together and to support those two guys this weekend. That's what Colts family is about. And, and our fan base was great. And uh, it was just a really special moment for both of those guys. I mean, Edge, I, I don't think a lot of people know or remember, but most people wanted the Colts to take Ricky Williams in that with the fourth pick that year. And when they drafted Edge, I had seen him play. Syracuse had played them. And I knew this this kid is real. This is the real deal. Yeah, I think he 
in his uh, he had a game that year where he ran for 300 yards against UCLA and I knew he was going to fit what we did so I wasn't mad at all but there were a lot of people that were upset we didn't take Ricky Williams back in 99 and uh, that's why Bill Polian's Bill Polian uh, he took Edger and James and the rest is history uh, really an exceptional player three down back reminded me a ton of Walter Payton was a great blocker, great receiver, and great with toting a rock. And, uh, you know, other than 2001 where he tore his ACL, he was very, very durable. So I was so happy to see him go in. One of my favorite Colts all time. He never, ever changed who he was. He was the same guy when he came in that he was when he left in 2005 to go to the Cardinals and really probably when he retired, I think his last team was Seattle in 09. He, he would not compromise who he was. Even last I think night. That's why a lot of people, even Saturday night when he gave the speech, same guy he was back in 99. He really hasn't changed. Yeah. And that's what I love about, it. I mean, like I respect people to have a code of people that live, the people that live their life a certain way, the right way edges is, is not what you think he is. If you take the time to really get to know the guy or watch the way he plays. He is what you want a football player to be. Every down back, did everything the right way, worked his tail off, just a perfect fit for our organization. And he's never compromised who he was for any reason, money for, you know, commercials, all that other stuff off the field. He didn't, it didn't, it wasn't for him. That wasn't him. And that's why a lot of people love that guy. He wouldn't compromise who he was. He just went out there and balled out every Sunday, Monday, whatever day it was. He's just a special guy, man, a special player. And he certainly deserved the accolades. And I'm glad he's in the Hall of Fame. He, he deserves it. One of my favorite players of all time. Um, just, a, just an absolutely outstanding football player and an even better person. Yeah, and just taking a look at Edge's career achievements and everything he accomplished in his NFL career. He came in, I think, fourth overall pick in the 1999 draft. He was the offensive rookie of the year. I think he led the league in rushing as a rookie. He led the league in rushing twice in 99 and 2000. So he got off to a great start, as good of a start as you could get off to as a running back through his first two years. The torn ACL in 2001 didn't stop him from going on to have a Hall of Fame career, but I do think it might have prevented him from being maybe a top two, three running back of all time in people's opinion. Like he was on that pace. He was on that track early in his career. And then it got a little bit derailed by the torn ACL. He was the offensive rookie of the year in 99. He was a two-time first team all pro, two-time second team all pro, four-time pro bowler. He's in the Colts ring of honor, of course, first team all decades for the 2000s and now a pro football hall of famer or actually last year a pro football hall of famer class of 2020 of course with covid and all that stuff it got delayed to this year but in a way it was a blessing in disguise because it was cool to see Peyton and edge get in together this year and have like a dual ceremony between saturday and sunday so i thought that was pretty cool and i was joking on twitter marvin harrison probably loved that edge and Peyton got in together because it was only one trip to canton instead of two trips so he only had to have one party he only had to have one conversation with everybody because obviously the social thing is not marvin's thing although he will have to come back when reggie gets into the hall hopefully next summer but yeah this dual ceremony was cool and i thought edge's speech was fantastic started with family and talked about his kids and he has a, he had a lot more kids than i thought i didn't know i thought he had one daughter and a bunch of sons i didn't realize he had three daughters but you know he gave a quick one-liner for each kid and 
you only got six minutes this year for the speech. So you really had to cram everything in. So like each kid got one line. And I thought it was really cool because I knew he was a great family man. I follow him on Twitter. So, I mean, I follow him on Instagram. So I knew that he had kids. I knew he cared a lot about his kids and he was a great father. But what I thought was so cool about that, Jason, was when he went down the line to each kid, how each kid had like a different vision. It's not like all my sons are going to play football and they're going to be great football players or even just athletes. Like it seemed like the one kid doesn't even play sports. Like he has his running back, he has his basketball player, and then the other kid, he's like, this kid's just chilling. He loves life. So it seems like he's letting his kids do their own thing. And then the daughters, one's like into business, one's into plastic surgery. Like they're all into their own thing. And he supports each one no matter what. He supports the basketball player the same way he supports the football player, the same way he supports the son that might not play sports. He might, he might not. I don't know. I'm just making that assumption because Edge didn't specify what sport that kid plays. So I thought that was so cool to see his mom there and how proud she was and his whole family. I thought he killed, I thought both of them killed the speech, but I thought Edge's speech was so cool how he really individually went down the line with all his kids and then of course he gets into Miami he gets into Indianapolis he name drops and shouts out a bunch of teammates that were in attendance I love that he had Ursay pull the cloth off and he appreciates everything Ursay did for him and his family by taking a chance on him in 99 so I thought that was awesome and then the way he finished it up because I guess there was a time where dreads and gold teeth and different things weren't as acceptable. And Allen Iverson gets a lot of credit in the NBA for bringing cornrows and bringing tattoos and really changing the culture of the NBA to the point it is today where pretty much every player has a tattoo. It's very rare to see a player without a tattoo now in the NBA. And a lot of that is credited to Allen Iverson. I don't remember because I was four years old when we drafted Edger and James. I don't remember what the NFL was like if guys had dreads and different things and gold teeth back in the 90s or the 80s or the 70s, but it doesn't seem to me like Edge gets as much credit as Allen Iverson for changing the culture and making certain things more acceptable, but I kind of get the impression that he did at least play a small part in changing the culture, so I thought that was cool, and then of course the bust is rocking the dread, so I thought that was cool, and then the whole inmate joke when he pulls out the jacket and now he says like basically he's serving life or he's serving the rest of eternity in Canton, Ohio. And then he pulls open his jacket and he was inmate 336 or whatever, the number of player inducted into the Hall of Fame because it's a small community of guys. You have less than 400 players in the history of a game that millions and millions of kids have grown up playing. So I thought Edge absolutely killed the speech on Saturday night. He set the bar for Peyton going into Sunday. Yeah, no question. One thing I would say about uh, Allen Iverson and Edge, very similar. I would say Iverson had more endorsement opportunities. The difference for me, though, and I'm not, I don't want to get off on a tangent on this because I'm sure there's a lot of Allen Iverson fans that are going to hear this and get mad. But the point that I want to make is Edge never had any off the field problems. So for all of the credit that Allen Iverson gets for, for the, you know, being himself, that's great. And it's true. He was himself. Edge was himself and he didn't have off the field problems. And I'm not knocking Allen Iverson because some of that stuff, it happens, you know, people have issues with alcohol and drugs or whatever. But my point is for everything that, that, uh, that you mentioned, uh, Edge just never had any issues. He was just all about being a good person, being a good a role model for kids 
giving kids a place to go. Uh, you know, people, I think, know the story that he bought two really rundown buildings in, in Miami with his first contract and, and rebuilt them into places for kids to go so they'd be off the street. I think that stuff, that kind of thing that, that you hear about that he actually did where a lot of players would make it, make it about them and do photo ops and do all that. He never did any of that because it wasn't about that. It was about helping those kids and also, you know, getting them, getting them off the street, getting them in to, to do constructive things. I think that's more important than anything he ever did on a football field. I really do. I mean, that kind of stuff. There's a lot of guys in the league now that do a lot of photo ops and, mm-hmm. and they do a lot of things in the community and that's great. Edge did all that stuff, but he didn't do it for those reasons. He did it because he wanted to help those kids, and I think he's helped a ton of kids. He's a great father. Obviously, we saw that on on display the other night, and he's a good. He's just a good man. He's yep. a good man. He never had any trouble off the field, always worked hard, wanted to be the best that he could be, made his family proud. I'm extremely, extremely proud to be a fan of his. I'm not from the same – uh, neighborhood that he is from or, or from the tough beginnings that he is from. But I have a, a ton of respect for anyone that comes from that and can make something as ex- exquisite and, and as impressive as he has with his career and all the things he's done in his community. I can't say enough good things about Edgerton James. That's why I love him as a Colt. I love him as a person. He's just an absolute gem of a human being, and I'm glad he, he wore the horseshoe for as long as he did. Well said, Jason. And a lot of guys today, you're right. It's about Instagram. It's about Twitter. It's about the photo op. And it's not maybe, I don't even want to say it's not about helping the community, but you do see a lot of guys where you want, like you're still happy at the end of the day with or without the photo. Who cares what the alternative motive was? They still helped the people they helped. But it definitely, I definitely think it's, it takes it to another level when it's not about the photo op or there is no photo op or you're doing it anonymously and you're just really doing it because you don't want the credit. Not that there's anything wrong with credit once in a while, but you're not even doing it for the credit. You're really just doing it to make a difference and to have an impact on your community. That's a great story about buying a couple rundown buildings, giving kids a place to be able to get off the street and give them opportunity to be productive. So I think that's absolutely awesome i thought edge killed it this weekend couldn't be happier for him especially because he had to wait a couple ballots and you get nervous sometimes is the committee going to get him in i think this might have been his last one and then he would have had to wait god knows how many years until the senior committee so i was really happy he got in i guess technically last year he got in to the hall of fame and then sunday peyton manning obviously a no-brainer first ballot you don't even need to give the accolades because everybody knows five-time mvp five-time league mvp which is just insane to think about that you could be the most valuable player in the league five times that's half a decade worth of mvps obviously the most mvps in NFL history, four of them in Indianapolis, one in Denver in 2013, two Super Bowls, of course, bringing one to Indy in 2006. Peyton Manning, the greatest Colt of all time, in my opinion, probably the greatest quarterback I've ever seen in my lifetime. There's different ways to go about how I would say who the best is, like if I'm going pure talent or if I'm going just overall ability or if I'm going the smartest or the best in the regular season or the most championships. There's so many different ways to go about it, but As far as like the full package, Manning had it all and he accomplished it all throughout the course 
of his career. And I knew his speech would be great because he's such a funny, personal guy. He's a great public speaker. And I thought he killed it as well. But to see Peyton Manning go into the Hall of Fame on Sunday night, it kind of like put like a stamp on my childhood. Well, I guess I still have Freeney and Reggie, but Peyton was my childhood. Like it was Peyton Manning the face of the Indianapolis Colts. So to see him go into the Hall of Fame, it kind of closes that chapter in that era of Colts football, though we still have a couple stragglers that made it post-Manning for a year with Freeney and a couple years with Reggie and a couple years with Venetari as well. Maybe a couple too many with Venetari. But to see Manning go in on Sunday night was obviously a great moment, not just for Colt fans and I guess a little bit Bronco fans, but really just football fans in general because Manning meant that much to the game. And when we get into his speech, not only the past and the present, but the future of the game. Yeah, simply put, and everybody knows I'm biased. I think he's the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. I don't, I just, he changed the position. I mean, I started watching him in 98, and I remember, you know, people weren't sure about him because he threw 29 interceptions and I think only 20, you know, 26 touchdowns, which is a lot for a rookie, but with 29 picks. Um, but I think what, what he did with that was he analyzed every one of those and you know never made the same mistake twice that's one thing about Peyton he very rarely very rarely made the same mistake twice and and then went from three and 13 to 13 and three very slowly but surely overcoming each obstacle uh whether that be a winning season a winning a playoff game beating Tom Brady you know getting to a Super Bowl and winning it you know, all those all those team accomplishments came with time. You have to remember when he came to the league, he went to the worst team in the league. They didn't have a very good defense. They didn't have a, you know, they had nothing on defense, basically. So for the first few years, he was really just dragging a roster to the playoffs. I mean, they had an exceptional offense. But I, let me tell you, that defense was not anything to write home about. So, you know, as far as the player goes, he's second to none. I mean – um, to watch him orchestrate a game plan or orchestrate an offense and work the two-minute drill, I don't think there's any question he's the greatest that's ever done that. There's arguments to be made for other quarterbacks that want more Super Bowls and all that stuff. I'm not here for that. I'm just talking about individually what the guy meant to not only the NFL but to his city. He changed Indianapolis from a basketball city to a football city. That stadium – Lucas Oil, that's only built because of him. Um, I honestly think they should change it to Peyton Manning Stadium at some point, or at least Peyton Manning Field, but that's down the line. He's got a statue. All that's deserved. This guy worked harder than any football player I've ever seen. He stayed in that he stayed in he stayed in the film room. He worked hard on and off the field to to, you know, perfect his craft. I mean, he won so many MVPs. He could have won more. Um, never quit. I mean, there was so, I mean, watching that guy work a come, I mean, the, the Tampa Bay game, the game in the AFC championship down 21 to three, a lot of people would have, would have phoned it in, not 18 came back, got a huge win, got us to the Super Bowl, And then just, I, I do want to mention Brady was there. And I think that was actually good. I like, I, I, everyone, most Colt fans hate Brady. I'm one of those people as a, as a football player, I, I respect him, but I can't stand him. But I, I thought him being there was, was apropos for the moment because, man, those Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Patriot, Colt matchups, as much as I hate that team up in uh, the Northeast, I respect them. I respect their head coach. And there were a lot 
I mean, a ton of really great football games played between those two teams and those two quarterbacks. And I think it would have been a bummer had Tom Brady not been there. Belichick also, that both of those guys were there. So really happy for Peyton. At the end of the day, I think he's the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. I, for me, the guys that I put in the top five are guys that transcended the position. Johnny Unitas, Dan Marino, Peyton Manning, uh, Joe Montana. Those guys changed the game. And those are the guys that I put in my top five as far as quarterbacks go. But at the very top, it will always begin with 18, Peyton Manning for me. And uh, like you said, Lucas, speech was absolutely great. You'd expect nothing less. He's probably the best public speaker I've ever heard. The guy's amazing. And it was a great speech. It was a little different than I anticipated it would be, whereas he talked about, you know, the future of the game and how he could help grow the game and and make the, the future brighter and better for the future players than it was for him, which I think all NFL players should do. And I think the NFL in general, not talking about the players, but the actual hierarchy of the NFL, they need to remember the guys that, that came before that the shoulders of this league were built on. And they need to just remember, you know, all those players that came before the guys that are going in now. And then that makes it better for the guys that are coming in the future. So I think Peyton's message was well thought out, well put, you know, I, I thought he'd talk a little bit more about his team teammates, but he didn't have a lot of time. Uh, we know how much Peyton loves his teammates when he retired. He, he wrote them all letters. So, I mean, that acted as a thank you, as he said in his speech. So I, I thought Peyton was outstanding. I was, uh, I'll admit, I was tearing up a little bit at the beginning when he was getting a standing O. Uh, and then when he talked about his dad, I thought that was, uh, that was pretty damn cool. Because uh, I could imagine, you know, how emotional that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you put yourself in those shoes with, with like, for me, I put myself in those shoes, me and my dad and how close we are. And uh, to have him introduce you is, is uh, that's pretty damn cool. Yep. And uh, yeah, it was, it, dude, I, that, that was great. It was just a great weekend. And Peyton, man, he, he's, he is the NFL. He's so great in every possible way. And uh, he showed that. He showed that again uh, Sunday night, man. He was outstanding. He was, yeah, and you could kind of hear it in his voice. I thought he was a little choked up, but he recovered really well. Not that there's anything wrong with crying or whatever during a speech. You know, you work so hard right. to get to that point. But it seemed like he was choking up, but he didn't want to cry. So then he kind of, like, got it back together and regained and and kept going. But, yeah, I thought the only thing missing from his speech was a couple more individual shout-outs and, you know, thank yous to Reggie and certain guys that I don't think he mentioned. But you only have six minutes, and some of that stuff gets a little bit repetitive anyway. Like, he really took the speech to a point where I've never seen a speech go, talking about the future of the game and stuff like that. And his teammates know how much he appreciates them. So it's not like he completely said, screw you guys, I did it all on my own. He still made it known, and he talked about the guys who were on the stage. He talked about the Hall of Famers he played with. And I think he even said we have a couple more on the way, like Reggie. So he he did a great job with this speech. And I loved how he got into, at the end, talking about the future of the game, where you're responsible. It's not like, okay, I played the game, screw the game. I played the game, and now I care about the future of the game. And what I think makes a Hall of Famer beyond the stats and beyond the accolades and the Super Bowls and the stuff you do during your career, just as far as like, you know, the things that come and go, it's where do you bring the game? Where do you help transcend the game? And like you said, 
the guys you consider the greatest quarterbacks of all time, like Unitas and Manning, guys who really made their mark and elevated to the next level. Now, where the game is today is a lot different than where it was in 1998 when Manning came into the league. But Manning helped get it to this point. He passed the baton to a guy like Patrick Mahomes, who's now going to take it to a point where when he's retired, he's giving his Hall of Fame speech and I don't know, 2045 pick a year in the distant, distant future. Maybe a little earlier than that, but you know what I mean. When he goes into the Hall of Fame one day, he's going to leave the game in even better hands than where he took it. And then the next guy who might not even be born yet, or maybe it's Arch Manning, Peyton's <laughs> nephew, Cooper's son, he'll take it to the next level. And then the next. So that's how the game evolves. And Manning, arguably as much, if not more, than any quarterback, and the quarterbacks really, you know, they change more than any other position in terms of the growth of the game you can make the argument that no player in nfl history is as important as Payne in terms of getting the nfl to where it is today these high flying passing attacks that's Payne. these hurry up offenses that's Payne. watching philip rivers change all that at the line of scrimmage and be able to diagnose a defense that's Payne. so he left his mark and his fingerprints all over this game and although he doesn't need to do anything else, he made it known in his speech. Even now in this next chapter, he's not done being an ambassador for the game, which I thought was awesome because obviously he loves football inside and out. And it's always going to be a part of him. It's not like, all right, that chapter's over. I'm moving on to the next thing. It's football, 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 even in the next chapter of his life. So I thought that part of the speech was awesome too. And it was unique. It was different. Not that anybody gave a bad speech. And I watch these every year with or without Colts getting into, inducted into the Hall of Fame. I always watch these ceremonies and I watch the other sports too. I watch baseball. I watch football and I watch basketball. I watch all the Hall of Fame inductions. And I don't want to say they get repetitive because each guy has their own story, but Usually they do follow a very similar formula and Manning kind of broke that formula this weekend, which I thought was cool. He started it off with a couple jokes. He made the joke about the busts playing a game and how it was a dream. And now that dream is a reality because he will be inducted and enshrined. So I thought that was cool how he kind of broke the ice early with a couple jokes as Peyton does because he's a funny guy. He always has been, always will be. And then to bring it home after, you know, going through about his career and talking about teammates and family, then to be able to bring it home with the future of the game and how he's going to still help take the game to a next level, even without cleats on, I thought was awesome. So he just did a phenomenal job. Both guys did an absolute phenomenal job. Yeah, no question. I was really, I was really impressed with Edge, you know, and Peyton was Peyton. I thought they both did an outstanding job getting their points across. And, uh, you know, like you said, there's generally a formula. I think the reason Peyton went the way he went was because when he retired, he wrote all those thank you notes to those players that that helped him, whether they were coaches or teammates. Uh, I thought it was a real nice touch. They mentioned Howard Mudd mm -hmm. and Greg Knapp, who recently passed away uh, in a in a bike accident. I think a young younger guy. I was so I thought say, it was he nice young, yeah. I yeah, didn't know yeah, who yeah. he was. I don't even remember him passing, but on the screen, I thought he looked very young. Which is actually what you said a bike accident because wasn't Howard Mudd in a motorcycle accident? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was. So I just thought it was a nice touch to mention those two guys. Mm -hmm. And also, the last thing I want to mention, and I, I think it, it hasn't really been said that much, 
But I thought the Colts organization from Jim Irsay down did an outstanding job, not only, you know, with the ceremony, the ceremonies themselves getting, you know, the players together, but the way they, they handled everything, the way that they got all the families there, the, the teammates there, the guys that were a part of both Edge and Peyton's career. I thought Ursay was outstanding. I know he gets a lot of crap. We've given him crap when it's been deserved. But as a whole, I think he is an outstanding owner, loves his players. I mean, Edge had him introduce him and had him be his inductee guy. So you, you know that love there is real. And, I, I you know, when, when Edge says this guy's a real dude and, and I love him and he's my friend and all that, that's all you need to know about how cool of an owner Jim Ursay is. And I know he catches a lot of garbage, but I think he deserves a lot of credit for the way he's handled not not only – you know, this weekend, but how he handled those players when they were here. Um, I thought one of the coolest things he ever did was giving Edge a Super Bowl ring, yep. even though he wasn't on the team, because he helped build what they became. And he also, people don't know this, but Edge also texted uh, Joseph Adias rookie year and really tried to help him because he knew the offense so well uh, to help him get adjusted to it. I mean, there's not a lot of guys that would do that. But Edge, I mean, that's who he is, man. He's a great guy. And I think, you know, Ursay is is a good person, too. Obviously, he's got some demons. We all have issues. But at root, I think Ursay's a wonderful guy. I thought he did a great job this weekend. And I don't think enough people are giving him credit. I, I mean, because that's a big undertaking to try to get all those people to that one place and you know, I mean, I saw Frank Reich was there. Mm-hmm. So it was very important to him to get this right. And I just I want to give Jim Irsay credit. He did a hell of a job. And, and the Colts and our fan base should be very, very proud of not only our owner, but our players, uh, former, past, present, whatever. They, they just it was just an absolutely wonderful weekend. And uh, for Colt fans and, and Colt, Colt Nation everywhere, um, very proud of everyone involved with the ceremony and the players themselves and their families. I'm very proud to be a Colt fan and uh, man, what a special weekend. And, and uh, I just, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see, you know, hopefully Reggie goes in next year and uh, it's just, you know, it's so humbling and, and uh, as a fan to see these guys that you, you know, kind of idolize when you're younger and look up to and see them all come together seeing Marvin was great. I mean, I, I just, it, it was just a special weekend. And like, I don't know if you said this on, on the show Luke, but you mentioned this off air, the Colts definitely should have been playing in that hall of fame game. Yeah. I mean, that's that, that goes without saying, but it's probably better that we weren't cause we did a ton of injuries and that, would, you know, that just turned into a negative, but bottom line, man, I thought both guys hit it out of the park, 10 out of 10 on their speeches, very different speeches, very different guys, but they both did outstanding kind of similar to their careers. Very different people from very different places. But, man, when they were on the field together, it was something special. Yep, and Edge even made a little joke about that. Couldn't be different as people, but when it came to working and football, we were like brothers, and they were. And I love seeing that because we don't have that from 2012 to 17. We really – there's like a gap in that, like, cult family tradition stuff. You had it in the 2000s i think we're building it again now you really solidify that with a super bowl so hopefully even though edge wasn't part of it he almost was part of it because he was there for the building of it but we're building it again we have 
that type of love in this locker room when you look at Nelson and Leonard and Buckner and Moore and the guys we have right now. And I'm glad T.Y. gets to be a part of it because T.Y. wasn't a part of it for his prime, I would say, 2012 to 17. We didn't really have that. Now we have that. And even if T.Y. is not, T.Y. could almost be like our edge of this team if you think about it because there's a very good chance that if this group were to win a Super Bowl, it would be post-T.Y., but T.Y. would definitely be a big part of building it if you you know want to think about it like that in whatever way. But, yeah, I thought this weekend was awesome. I thought the Colts handled it great. I love what you said about Jim Irsay. I thought it was awesome that Edge had Irsay pull the cloth and help induct him and be his, whatever they call that, the guy who introduces him at the ceremony. So I thought all that was fantastic. And it was a successful weekend. I just, I, I do, even, you know, injuries aside, I really do wish we played in the Hall of Fame game. I thought it would have been big for the two young quarterbacks who one probably will have to start week one, so I would have liked to have seen us play in that game. Plus, it doesn't seem to matter. Preseason, regular season, playoffs, practice, no matter where the Colts are. If they have pads on or if they're on a field, they seem to get hurt no matter what anyway. So That's true. I would Very have liked point. to have seen us, especially because it was just such a Colt weekend. This was not a Steeler weekend. This was not a Cowboy weekend. This was a Colts weekend. It should have been Colts versus pick whoever you want to play against, but – Good weekend nonetheless, even though we didn't play. And I guess silver lining couldn't get hurt in the Hall of Fame game if you don't play in the Hall of Fame game. So that's my man, Jason Spears. I'm your host, Luke Diamond. Jason, we have our first preseason game preview coming up this week where it's not about how do we win this game? What are the keys to the game? It's about what are we looking for? Where are we looking to improve? What spots of competition are we looking at? You know, rookies that we're excited to see, what we're looking for out of Eason and Ellinger and whatever competition there may or may not be between those two for the job week one. We're going to get into all that on Thursday with the first preseason game against the Panthers on Sunday, which really kicks it off. You got three preseason games, then bing, we're going right into the regular season week one against Seattle. So it picks up. The pace is quick. Once you get into that first preseason game, the weeks start to fly by in the end of August into September. So we got that coming up on the horizon about three, four days away from our first preseason game preview right here on the For the Culture Podcast. Today's episode of the For the Culture Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Canadips CBD. They are the nation's leader in tobacco and nicotine-free dip. It's the alternative with cannabis instead of nicotine and tobacco. It's a fast-acting and innovative way to consume CBD that works and tastes great. Plus, you won't have to play sneak at you with your wife during football season, which is right around the corner. And thanks to our friends at Canadip CBD, they present the game of the year. That's right, the game of the year. One winner will be chosen on August 31st entry is easy you just head to canadipscbd.com that's c-a-n-n-a-d-i-p-s cbd.com and click the link or visit canadips main instagram page and look for the blue check mark one winner will be chosen and can bring a plus one to any colts game this regular season that's right they are picking one winner on august 31st to bring a plus one to a colts game of your choosing this regular season, but wait, there's more. Airfare for two with luxury hotel and lodging will be included. 
with great seats for the game. Guys, I don't know why you wouldn't head to CanadipsCBD.com. Check them out on Instagram. Check them out on Twitter. Canadips, that's C-A-N-N-A-D-I-P-S, CBD.com. It's like dip. You put a little bit behind your lip. No nicotine, no tobacco, no reason to not go check these guys out and enter to win a free ticket to any Colts regular season game of your choosing. You get to bring a friend, you could bring a girl, you could bring your buddy, you could bring whoever you want. The lodging, the airfare, it's luxurious, it's free. Go to CanadipsCBD.com. We thank our friends at Canadips CBD for sponsoring this episode of the For the Culture Podcast.